Welcome back to another episode of Let's Start from the Beginning, everybody. And on today's podcast, I have with me Mike and Patty. Mike, Patty, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for asking us, Tony. Yeah, so uh, for the beautiful souls who don't know what you guys do, can you guys give a brief introduction about what Stafford Technologies is? <laughs> yes. Um, Stafford Technologies is a website development agency. Uh, and it's just part of what we do. It's the parent brand for Six Town Merchant Services, as well as Contractor Websites Plus, um, where we focus on working with tradesmen and contractors and builders. Um, so that's a quick synopsis of what we do. And how long have you both actually been doing this? 2010, 2009? 2009, I think we actually... And started officially, right? And then we got incorporated in 2010. So as the, as the title states, let's start all the way back from the beginning and walk through exactly how, how did you guys come up with Stafford Technologies? What was the idea behind it? Well, we live in Stafford, Virginia. So uh, it wasn't very creative. Um, but, you know, the original idea was for Stafford Technologies to get into all of the technology fields, website, digital marketing, software development, um, merchant processing, all of those fields were part of what we wanted to do. Plus, we also had an IT division at one point and a computer and cell phone repair shop. So Stafford Technologies was truly everything that has to do with technology we were um, trying to get into. It was a mistake. <laughs> and was that uh, IT department, was that the first thing you guys started with? What, what was the very first uh, starting area? No, the very first thing we started with was websites. So we, uh, um, I, I left the construction industry in late 2007 and uh, we needed to reinvent me. And, you know, we, Patty was a stay-at-home mom. We had two younger children at that time. Um, and so we had to reinvent what I was doing to earn an income. We had to replace those dollars. So, you know, we fooled around a little bit with buying tax liens on properties. We did the whole network marketing thing uh, where we bought into a couple of programs. And we saw some moniker of success, but it wasn't really driving or replacing the income that I was bringing in from the construction industry. So, um, you know, I always had a love of coding. Uh, my first website that I was part of coding was back in 1995 with the College of Staten Island English Second Language um, uh, program. And in fact, I think you could still find that website up. And it was basically tables. It was like two images. It was all written in tables. It was horrible. But that's where things really started back in 94, 95. Um, so I kind of had a love for doing that kind of stuff. I really enjoyed it. Um, so a guy across the street from me um, was a software developer and he had created a couple of websites. So I sat down with him and he taught me how to use uh, Adobe Dreamweaver <laughs> and cutting up slices from Photoshop to create backgrounds. Oh my God, it was horrible. Um, so we had a friend who was a plumber and um, he said, so can you do websites? I was like, yeah, I can do websites. <laughs> Isn't that how we all start, right? Yep. And I think we, we charged them like 500 bucks. It took us like 
eight or ten months, and it was horrible. But back then, it was beautiful, right? If you look back at it now, it's like, oh my god, this is so nineteen ninety five, and and um, it uh, that's where we started. That's how Stafford Technologies got started. And how did that end up blooming into the store that you guys ended up running? Because I remember you guys talking about, uh, and you actually yeah. mentioned a little bit too, having that repair shop. How did all of that segue and take off into that? And I guess, how did you leave that at that point? So it starts with anybody asking Michael, hey, do you know anything about? And he's always <laughs> going to say yes. And then we scramble to figure it out. So we actually had a customer slash friend of ours ask that they had, he had said something that he had issues with his computer. Turned out it was a simple virus that Michael was able to uh, take care of. But then he was like, oh, we can do this. So we rented a store, hired an IT guy who was just phenomenal. You know, he, he saw our vision and he was going um, along with us. And, you know, at that point, it, it was fun because everybody was on the same page. But then when he left us, um, we were then scrambling for help. You know, so it was fun for a little while, you know. Um, yeah, just... well, well, that's half the story. <laughs> well. <laughs> so actually, it's Richie's fault. Richie came and asked. We had, we, we had opened our first office. We were in the back room oh, of a right. staffing agency. Oh, right. We had a room about this size with two desks. No, it was bigger than this. We had two desks, and that's where we were operating out of. And Richie, who we did a website for, came in the door with his computer, and he says, you know about technology, yes. so can you fix my computer? So it's amazing how people correlate or correlate web and digital marketing with IT. Um, and, and it's one of the problems in the industry because you get a lot of these medium-sized companies who say, oh, my IT department can create the website. Yes, the IT department knows how to dev a website, but the IT department doesn't know how to create a website. They don't know anything about design. They don't know anything about content. So it's kind of been a problem in this industry for a while. But anyway, the correlation between us doing websites and technology is what caused us to have all that pain. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we, we lost Kevin, um, and then we, we found somebody else who was very good at what he did, and, and it was fine. And then we ended up hiring staff, and we had staff, we had insurance, we had taxes, we had rent, we moved into a bigger store, we did the construction, everything was beautiful. And um, we were probably the top repair shop in the area. Um, we were doing a lot of tickets every month. Um, but every time, one, you know, it's hard to get people to work, especially the younger crowd. Um, it's hard to get them to show up on time is the problem, really. And whenever somebody wouldn't show up or somebody was late, the repairs fell on me. And yes, I knew how to do some stuff, but I was not a tech. You know, I was not a certified tech. Uh, and then I ended up in the hospital for a little bit uh, with pneumonia, and Patty found it impossible to get people to come in and cover the benches. Um, so we really had a bad taste in our mouths from that point forward. And uh, uh, it turns out that they ended up doing construction on our main street, and that was our excuse. That was our, 
This is it. This is our opportunity to get out because the tickets went down because nobody can turn into our complex. It's a whole big story, but we use that as an opportunity to get out because at some we just didn't want to get up and go anymore. People don't realize when you have a store, it's 8 a.m. until 8 p.m. every single day. There is no vacation. There's no break. The kids were eating dinner with us in the store because we had a pizzeria in the same place, and we would eat Vinny's Pizza every night <laughs> with the kids. You know, and they were doing homework in the store. It was just, it was just a horrible way to live. So, so we had, we found our opportunity to get out. We sold the equipment. Uh, we sold the customer list to somebody who used to work for us, um, and we got out and we moved back home. And it was the best thing that we did. It really was. So during that time, uh, while you guys were going through that, uh, that transition, especially with you being in and out of the hospital, how, how did you guys manage during, during that time period? Like what, what was the relationship like between the both of you, especially because you're not just co coworkers at that point and you're, you're doing everything from that eight to nine period. And of course with your family as well, how was the relationship with that for a while? I don't know. Does the word strained do it any justice? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so here you'll get two different stories. <laughs> you'll hear from Michael that uh, everything was fine. You know, we had our ups and downs. Um, I was. She was lo looking up arsenic. Yeah. That, that's where it was. <laughs> How to kill my husband and get away with it. That's. There were days, yes, th there were times that that was absolutely uh, went through my head. There were sleepless nights. Um, but, at, you know, at the end of the day, it just comes down to the communication, whether it be him banging his head against the wall because I let so many things slide or me banging my head on the wall and pounding the wall and kicking the wall and <laughs> kicking the dog. And anything to get his attention to say, hey, we have too much on our plate. But, you know, it, it all comes down to the, the communications we have. Yeah, during that time when you guys made the decision, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a difficult decision uh, to finally close up shop. Do you remember what that conversation was and how you felt when you both finally decided it was time to close? Um, so Michael was the one that had the last word there. Um, he... You didn't have to try to convince me. There was no sitting down and saying, okay, this is the direction we're going to go in because I was already there. I was months ahead of him. I mean, having the the headache of inventory and not getting people in the door, no, I'm sorry, not get customers, to get our employees to work, it, it I took it a little too personally, um, and then it just was not fun for me anymore. Like, just... Entering that building was not fun. I mean, the, just the whole demeanor and the atmosphere of the building when I walked in the door changed. Yep. You know, because I, I wasn't happy. And I made sure everybody knew that I wasn't happy. Which wasn't, it wasn't fair to Michael. It wasn't fair to the employees. Um, yeah, it just, it, it wasn't fair. To, to be honest, I understood all of that. And I knew, but... You know, in my mind, I needed to take care of my family. And whether or not we liked it, the store was bringing in money um, and decent money. 
Um, plus, we were doing IT installations, you know, servers and all that stuff. And so we were doing well. And the decision to close the store was not a monetary one. It was definitely a happy one. Um, and I think a lot of people who get into entrepreneurship get into it because they think there's millions of dollars at the end of the rainbow. And there very well could be. But that rainbow is a long trip. <laughs> and, you know, um, to get into something that, because of the money. And, and like I said, you know, when Richie came to me and said, you know about tech, you can fix my computer. And I said, yeah. And it took me like 15 minutes and I charged him 40 bucks. I was like, cha-ching. You know, we got something here. And that's how we ended up with this store because I'm the visionary. I am, when it comes to vision and wanting to do things, the next thing, I'm probably six or seven steps ahead of Patty. Patty's still trying to catch up with my idea from last year, and I've already moved on. You know, I'm six or seven ideas ahead. So it was the money that got us into it, and the money was good, but money does not bring happiness um right now we're in our house and um you know we fight for our income and but you know what the fight is the fun um just making money and not enjoying it is not fun yeah definitely and i think oftentimes a lot of people get those two things uh interchanged and confused quite often now after you guys closed up your shop what was that next step that led you into where you are now? Was there like a brief pause in work and you had to reassess yourself? Or was there a slow transition that just kind of just kicked on the way? No, we closed the store and handed over the keys to the landlord on a Friday. And we set up our workstation on Saturday. And it was business as usual for websites on Monday. No we, pause. We, uh, we, we, um, we were in trouble at one point at the end as well. Um, and we needed to find a mentor. And we would have given everything up and I would have went back to work. Um, I say that. I don't know if I actually could have, but I, I would have tried. Um, but we needed a mentor and we found one. Um, and uh, shout out to Brent from You Gurus, if you're listening to this, Brent Weaver. Um, you Gurus helped us a lot and helped us get on track with the web and the digital marketing. And because before that we were doing web for anybody with a wallet and a heartbeat. And, um, and the problem with that is it's very difficult to create processes and to duplicate the work and to get things done efficiently. So, you know, what sounds like a good value or fee, you end up eating it up because you're learning different industries from new every single time. Um, so, you know, working with you gurus really helped us understand what we should be doing and giving us a path forward. So there was a transition. Um, it wasn't, uh, you know, let's take three weeks or a month and figure out what we're going to do from here. It was more like we were still working, but we had an epiphany in the fact that we, we knew we ended up knowing we needed a mentor. Um, and and I think that saved us. Um, from going under totally, for sure. 
Okay, so it sounds like then, so basically it's almost as if you guys essentially shut down a department of your business and just focused more on the primary department at that point. While you were running the store and having web development or web design run at the same time, how, how did you juggle between the storefronts and actually bringing in customers and managing websites? Want to go for it? No. <laughs> that, that wasn't as hard as it may seem because we had techs. And, and that's why when people didn't show up, it became a problem because when somebody didn't show up, I had to go to the bench. And that meant I couldn't do my web work. Um, so, you know, the store actually, in a way, gave validity to who we were and what we did because, you know, the website business is filled with, you know, your mother's cousin's, you know, third cousin's son in his basement who could do a website. And so when you have a storefront, people kind of... Think you as, as more viable, and it adds credibility to what you do. So having that storefront actually attracted web customers. Um, you, you'd you be surprised how many customers came in to get their cell phone fixed and ended up doing websites. Um, so there, that was a little bit of a hit because we were getting consistent customers for web through the store. But the, the, the juggling was that, you know, we had text, so I could concentrate on the web. Um, without worrying about, it, except when somebody didn't show up, and they always didn't show up at the most crucial times, right? So, you know, it, it just it it just became a problem, and and I think that's part of why I went sour as well on the IT stuff, because I wanted that to run on its own. I wanted that to make us money, without us having to really do the work. The production work, and as all business owners know, the production work—you are usually the bottleneck um, because you you want everything to be perfect. And same thing with the IT. We didn't have to be in the production work, so we were hoping that would just make us money, almost passive, um, and we just had to manage it. But it didn't work out that way. And leading into that as well, once you guys transitioned back home and started setting up shop again. What was, how was the atmosphere? What, what, what changed at that point? Granted, you're both working from home at that point, but how did that make your relationship better, uh, being married and both being co-workers working together? Um, I'll take it. Um, at this point, the, the kids were older, and I don't want to say they didn't need much babysitting, but they knew what needed to be done. So when they got home, it was homework. It was things around the house. You know, it was taking care of the dog. They didn't need that constant. All right, it's time to sit. You know that that constant babysitting or monitoring. I mean, they they knew what needed to be done. Um, I did make it a point though. Well, we we both made it a point that dinner time is when we all came together. So computers are off. We're not answering cell phones. We are not answering the office phone. If we had to go back to work after dinner, that was fine. But the dinner table was a sacred place and a sacred time for us that kept it all together. Because, we, you know, at the end of the day, Michael and I will still ask each other, well, how did your day go? You know, um, it was just things like that that just kept it. When we didn't rush dinner time, I mean, sometimes 
our girls would have us sitting at the table for, you know, two and a half hours. You know? So, and I think, I think Patty and I learned early on from when I left construction, we you know, Patty wasn't with me full time for that first little bit, but eventually she was. Um, and I think we learned how to work with each other early on. For married couples, it's difficult. And if you can get past the first three or so years, I think you've made it. Because then you fall into these routines. You understand that there's a difference between work and home. And those lines get less and less blurry. And once those lines are clear, it becomes a lot easier. But it takes time to get there. And um, I, I think Patty hating the store as much as she did um, was a little bit of a setback for us. But once we got rid of the store, Patty's attitude was just totally different um, because we can spend more time with the kids, not having to worry about the store. So getting rid of the store took us forward two more steps. Whatever we stepped back, we moved forward two more right. steps. And interestingly enough, you know, I, we had this girl, Kelsey, who, um, you know, I found, I was at Bed Bath & Beyond one day, and she was my cashier, and she really went the extra mile. I said, you know, we're looking for somebody, and she, she showed up an hour later. I'm here for the job. And so Kelsey was kind of with us for years, and when we closed the store, she actually moved here with us, not to live, but she was, she came in every day. She she had the key, um, and she would come in and work. We didn't have to be here. We trusted her. So the added benefit of having somebody that we can rely on to get the admin work, you know, all the, all the work that you and I don't want to do um, was really helpful as well. Um, and it was a shame when we lost Kelsey. She went on to college and she spread her wings. But um, that helped as well, having Kelsey around. And in terms of kind of just after that point, then I guess that, that would be good starting point. How did you reassess your team? How, what, what steps did you take to kind of move forward to kind of push Stafford Technologies into the direction it is now? Kelsey was a big part of that. I mean, because a lot of the processes were already drawn up, you know, and, and in place. And so really, I mean, Michael and I do work well together. Um, so it's the because we know what type of people each one of us are, it's finding that third person to just get these menial tasks off our plate. You know, um, generally during the day, Michael will ask for something and I'll roll my eyes, try fine, and, or I'm trying to get help from Michael and he was like, in a minute, in a minute. So it's, it's finding that third person. But at the end of the day, it all comes together. And when you sit back and look at it, you're like, how did we get through this week? Or, mm -hmm. You know, how did we make it through this day? No, I mean, Stafford Technologies is still on the path that Michael has written down in his journal uh, so many years ago. You know, we have we have the different brands with Contractor Websites Plus and 610 Merchant Services. And, you know, sky's the limit. You know, so don't ask Michael any questions. Yeah. <laughs> so the answer will be yes. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I don't know if this is a dirty little secret or not, but, you know, it's not just having the menial tasks done. It's it's when Kelsey was here, it was another sounding board. 
Yes. You know, because Patty had her lane and her thoughts. I had my lane and my thoughts. And we never had that person to bridge that gap and to help Patty understand what I was talking about and to help me understand what Patty was talking about and to be that voice of reason. And again, I bring up Fluso Software because, you know, little secret, you know, we're, we're partners. And uh, the reason why it works so well is because all three of us, including you, Tony, have different ideas, but when you have that third person, it just helps so much because um, you feel accountable to somebody else um, and you're able to get that voice of reason. I think we've joked about it. I'm the visionary. You're the, the office ninja. You're the office ninja, and, and Tony is the one who. Um, the, Tony's the voice of reason, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tony's the voice of reason. I'm the visionary. Like, Patty's the pessimist and Tony's the voice of reason. <laughs> we did have very early on, and you know, it still holds true today. You know, early on, I was crying that I needed new friends, you know, because I was constantly hearing from friends and family, oh, I couldn't do what you do. I couldn't work with my partner. And I'm like, I know, that's why you don't do it. So I didn't get a chance to vent to them about how bad my day was. I couldn't vent to Michael because he was sometimes the cause of my bad day. Sometimes. So it, it didn't always work. I mean, if yeah. you were working for somebody else and you were commuting, you know, you can just commiserate with a friend or a family member. You know, I would commiserate with a friend or a family member and I would hear, well, you know, that's working with your husband. You know, I can't, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, wasn't looking for your commentary just just let me get it out and that in itself is frustrating you know so you know i couldn't go to my sister-in-law's because you know i'm complaining about their brother you know i can't call yeah. my mother-in-law because she wouldn't take them back so it's <laughs> yeah I so tried. that actually that leads into uh i saw some more important questions as well because i think i believe i interviewed two other businesses already that are also run by married couples so when you guys are having conflicts, um, especially if it's all work, how do you decompress and de-stress so that way you're not carrying it into your personal lives outside of that work? A comfortable couch. Yeah. <laughs> no, in all honesty. A stiff drink. You, you are right. That is a problem. That's one of the things that you learn as you progress working with your spouse. Yeah. We have those bad days. But now that there's a clear line of that's work, this is home, it helps. Does it all go away? No. But we're able to um, talk it through mm -hmm. and do the apologies without being at work. So <laughs> when you're at work and you, or you, you have a, 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 a position and the other person has another position, there's no room to say I'm sorry because you're 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 talking about what you believe in is the best thing for the company or the best decision for that particular situation. But then when you cross that line in your home, now you can say, look, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean, you know, for it to come out like that. That's where the sorries come in. And as long as you're communicating, then everything is fine. But it takes a long time to learn that. Yeah, it, it does. And I know even like for people who are working from home by themselves, they do have that hard time distincting. This is my bedroom, not a workspace. But then 
very often too that bedroom is the workspace have you guys had to work in your own bedroom before and how did you move out of that when we first started my office was a secretary it no. was it had a fold oh, i don't know what no. i saw it oh no, no that's right we saw it downstairs, downstairs in the living room, room. it was downstairs oh God, in, in right. the living room so oh. we have we're in a townhome so downstairs is our living space it's kitchen dining room living room kids hang out friends over michael was almost demanding us to be quiet when i i can't you know i i have a rambunctious eight-year-old you know who thinks she can fly um you know so it's like i i can't so it was like we're gonna have to move you upstairs so we reconfigured a an, an armoire um oh, that we right. have it wasn't even the secretary it was the um, armoire. and he would work in that's right I, I built a drawer in it and i built a, a yeah yeah that's but right. then michael I wants to work until two three o'clock in the morning and i want to go to bed so i was staying downstairs on the couch so that was no way to live and then it was and then we got the office though and then then we right. had i but, forgot but, about the one room office, but now when, but when yes. we moved back in here um we actually had an office in our dining room. So we had my desk, Kelsey's desk, and Patty's desk in an L shape in the dining room. And it worked out well because now upstairs was now separate. So I wasn't in the bedroom anymore. And, and you're right, bringing up the bedroom, that's a huge problem. Because when you're in the bedroom, it just, it, it interrupts everything, you know. Um, but being downstairs took over our dining room. And we, you know... People would come over, we would still entertain, and everybody would be look around at our whiteboards and see what's going on, and we'd erase the numbers, you know, to make sure nobody knows what we're making, all that kind of stuff. And so there's some precautions to it. But um, when Kelsey left, Patty and I got rid of Kelsey's desk, and it was just Patty and I down there. Uh, but then our oldest daughter um, left the home, she went to the Air Force, and um, uh, our youngest daughter took the big room, and now I took the small room as my office, and it's kind of good, because now Patty and I, while we work together, we're separate. We have two separate places, because um, sitting back-to-back -to, -back to each other, that's a little too much, I think, for everybody. <laughs> yeah. But now I have a separate room, and Patty has her office downstairs still. Um, so it's, it's working. Yeah, I was actually going to ask, too, what was the... What was it like when you guys were sitting next to each other downstairs versus now that you're away? Like, I, I know there's there's a lot of common things we can all think of, but just for the sake of the podcast as well, what, what what's that feeling like? I should bring the screen so, Show me the screen. Oh, heavens, no. So I'm in rehab, just, just to let everybody know. Um, Michael is our, you know business development person so he's always on the phone it's always zoom so we would have this um screen, backdrop screen backdrop. backdrop but my printer is on the other side of that so i had to do this little weird shimmy thing not to like mess up and get into his camera view <laughs> it was or i couldn't print at all because it was so loud and it would make it look like he was talking or interrupting. It was it was horrible. Yeah. And then if I'm talking to a customer, you know, he would be throwing things at me and go like, 
don't tell him that, you know, or or don't say it that way. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Stay over there. At first, Kelsey was in the middle, so it was kind of good. Um, but then, then I got the screen, and actually the screen went into Kelsey's workstation. So Kelsey would work like this because I had the screen there. And when I was on the phone, if you even blew the screen and I saw a ripple as I was on Zoom, I would go fanatic. Um so everybody had to tiptoe around the screen. But the good news is in the evening when I went back to work, I had the screen and I could be in my, you know how it is because you code and you, you need to get into a zone. Mm -hmm. And when I was behind the screen, I was in my office. I was in the zone, right? Um, I didn't care about Patty and Kelsey. That was up to them. But I, I was <laughs> in the zone. That's all that was important to me, right? Um so that screen, yeah, that screen lived in our living room for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple of years, yeah. you know. Uh, I still have it. I never threw it away in case I need it. You never know. That emergency rainy day where you have to get back That's into the right. zone. That's right. It's funny looking back to see, you know, what we've done and how we survived it, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, because there has not been a day that has been that bad that we couldn't get out of it, you know, um, and we've had financial issues, we've had tax issues, children issues, health issues, and we, we just do it. Still going. Still going, yeah. And you have to have that safe word. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> you have to have that safe word, you know? You need to explain that. <laughs> you can't leave it so, like that. So when... Yeah, no, that's true. Safe word doesn't really. No, it's sorry, not. everybody. <laughs> so you know, it's it's <laughs> we have this word that Patty and I use when we hear it. When the other person says it, that means the other person's going a little too far. Right. Okay, we're done. You you hit the top, and so having that safe word during conversation is is kind of helpful as well. Um, yeah, that safe word is okay, Patty. That's it. Right. Peaches, you're <laughs> done. <laughs> so when we use it out out in the public, that's what. Yeah, you know. So not only is communication key when working with anybody, it could be your spouse, other family member, a partner, whatever. Um, but the humor at the end of the day for Michael and I, I believe is is key. I have more of it than Michael does, but so when we say peaches, we have to, we can't just say peaches. We have to work it into this conversation <laughs> that we're already in. It's creative. It is creative. But you, nobody knows what we're talking about, and I know a few times, and I can name a few people who have actually stepped away from us and scratched their heads. <laughs> so, and Patty brought up something really important. Humor. That's the biggest thing is to laugh. Patty and I have been married 27, working on 28 years. We've been working together for over 13 of those 28 years. And none of this would be possible without being able to laugh at ourselves. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that's a big thing is, is humor. And, and that's what helps us 
come home, yeah. not even come home at night. I shouldn't say that. We're already <laughs> home. But leave work and decompress is that humor. Keeping it light. You, you actually also said something very interesting about leaving work. So because you are you guys are in the position of working from home, what exactly is your definition of leaving work and how do you leave work? I think it's a time. It's not a place. It's a it's a time and a mindset. It's okay. It's 4:30. I need to go down and start cooking. I'm done. I'm done. And Patty's still sitting there working sometimes and I'm cooking and she's asking me work stuff and I'm like, mm, I'm done. You know? Uh, because and it's harder for Patty cuz she's still down in that environment whereas I'm not. I leave this room, I'm off. Um and and I think we've both learned to be able to turn that that switch, um, and and so it's more of a mindset, not a time or a place. Yeah. Well, for Michael, it's it's always been turning the switch. My focus is my family will always come first, whether I worked for somebody else or I worked for myself. My biggest thing was always family time. You know, we, we have to have that. Otherwise, we have nothing. So, you know, Michael and I aren't always on the same page. When it came to the girls, of course we were. But for us, like, he'll he'll just turn it off. Or after dinner, he'll come back up. Or on a Saturday, he'll work. And I'm like, no, it's, you know, it's, it's family time. It's us. Like, when is it us? You know, so... You know, he really has to work on, okay, I'm, I'm going to sit and, and hang out with Patty or do something with Patty for a little while. And then he uses that as the springboard saying, okay, I'm just going to finish these few things. I'll be down in a minute. <laughs> I, I don't do that all the time. You make it sound like no. the work. I used to work, you know, I, I like everybody else, I was a workaholic. I would work the moment I woke up until the moment I went to bed. And I don't do that anymore. I, I do. I do. Go downstairs around 4.30 unless this appointment or something else going on. And I start cooking and I'm done. The intention is always, when we're done, I'm going to go upstairs and do a couple of things. So tomorrow is a little bit easier. But that never happens. Uh, I shouldn't say never. Uh, a couple of nights I'll come up here and do some stuff. But I start early. Um, you know, I know you're, you're a night person, Tony. So you work until 3 a.m. So, you know, I, I'm up here working. You know, by 6, 6.30 a.m., I'm here working. So 4.30, that's a 10-hour day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a long day. So I still put in some 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 long hours, not as much as I used to. I'm, you know, going to be 58 this year, so I'm slowing down a little bit. Um, but uh, I I am able to turn it off once I st- – it's once I start cooking. Um, or when I go to the store to buy the food to cook. That's – that's my decompression is is going to the store and cooking, and then after dinner, it's off. You know, I'm 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 done. Uh, it's a little harder for Patty still because she's still downstairs. Yeah, that's that's definitely an interesting uh, approach to having it turned off to the moment that food starts cooking. It, it's it's an interesting concept in itself too because it's like at that point you're gonna end the day in the full belly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and everybody has their own decompression mechanisms. Patty mm-hmm. likes to sit down with a cup of tea and watch some mindless TV. Um, mindless. I, I like to go to the store to buy food and to just think about what I'm going to cook, to stop thinking about work, to start mm-hmm. thinking. 
And my way of thinking of the family is cooking. I cook for the family. That's my way of providing. And so that store trip is my total de decompression. I can spend hours just walking around the aisles aimlessly because I'm decompressing. But um, both of us have our own decompression mechanisms. And as long as we allow each other to take those decompressions, then we're good. It's on Saturday mornings when I tell Patty, come on, it's 8 a.m. Why aren't you up and out and ready yet? And Patty's like, no, I'm still on my second cup of coffee or tea. Yeah, that's... Uh, don't, don't talk to me until I finish my cup. <laughs> you see, I'm not like that. I get out of bed, 5.30, take a shower, and I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to go. And I sit here sometimes on Saturdays waiting and waiting, and then it's 10.30, and it's like, honey, you're going up? And she's like, yeah, leave me alone. Okay. You're bothering me. Yeah, right. You're bothering me. <laughs> so looking back at uh, everything that you guys have done, what would have been the one thing you would have done differently if you had the chance to redo everything? You know, I write in my journal every day. Um, and on the bottom of my journal, um, on every single page is I, I don't regret anything that I've done. Um, I'm here because of all the things that I've done. I don't know if I would have changed anything. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it would have been a different path. That's all. Because if you change something, things are different. And we may not have such a healthy relationship if we did something different. You know, so that's how I think about it. Um, I, you know, I don't know if I would have changed anything. I really don't. No. Patty, on the other hand. I, <laughs> I don't live in the world of regret either. I agree with Michael 100% that um, I am who I am for everything that I've done in the past and the people that I have met. But. The real estate book. If we would have done differently. Oh, yeah. We own the real estate book, two franchises, too, while we had the store and a web design company. Mm -hmm. That was smart. That one I would have done differently. I would have said no. Anyway, sorry. No, I would. If, the real estate book. Oh if my we God. had the ability to go back and change one thing, I don't think. Well, I know the one thing I would I would change was the day that Michael told me he quit his job to be <laughs> to work for himself. I so I was already I was in New York, so I, I think I would have come home. I, I think at that moment I would come home and hear the plan instead of scrambling to make it work. So what Patty's leaving out of that is I strategically waited <laughs> to leave my career in construction because every summer she would spend the summer up in New York with the kids, not the whole summer, a month or, you know, three okay. weeks. And so I strategically planned my leaving the construction industry when she was in New York. So I didn't have to face her. So, <laughs> so. And so, all right. So I was trying to make Michael look good. No, so. there's no looking good. He had mentioned it, but we didn't formulate a plan. But wait, I mentioned it, so you knew it, right? <laughs> so you were on board because I mentioned it. Wait. Wait. Okay. 
put there there was no formulated plan. Remember, Michael is the sole breadwinner at this time. So he was our income, he was our health insurance, he was everything. I had taken the kids um to New York to, you know, hang out with family and he had called knowing that I am at his mother's house and I am not going to cause this whole big scene. And that's when he tells me. And he was like, yeah, true story. He would take me out to restaurants and say what he did after the fact. And he was like looking for, I don't know what you were looking for, but he would take me to a public place knowing that I am not going to cause the scene. <laughs> and by the time we got home, it was already, it was so stupid to bring it up, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, I have no courage. <laughs> No, it's not that you don't have courage. You just—I have no courage when it comes to you. Well played. Just back, back to what Micah said. He's always seven steps ahead. Yes, <laughs> seven steps ahead. Patty still doesn't know the plan for next year. I seven. do. But Tony, when he had, so when he mentioned that he wanted to quit his job, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not going to force somebody to stay in the job that you're not happy in. You know, um, because that nonsense only comes home. And we have mm -hmm. young children, and family is, is so big with me. But we have a young daredevil. I mean, she would hang upside down from the tallest tree possible, or she would slide down rocks. I mean, she really thought she can fly. Our youngest daughter really thought she can fly. When he quit his job and we didn't have health insurance, I told her that she couldn't ride her bike for one year. One year. I mean, I can do the office visits, you know, their wellness checks and things like that, but I couldn't handle broken bones. <laughs> yeah, it was a tough time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But again, I wouldn't have done that differently. Because the I would, conversation... I would have come home, stuck an anvil on your head. I would drop <laughs> something on that and said no. But if you did, we wouldn't be here right now talking with Tony on this podcast. You see? Maybe not. <laughs> no regrets. I wouldn't change anything. Except the real estate book. God, I hated that thing. Now, Patty hated it more. You know why? Because it was my idea. I bought it, and I gave it to Patty. <laughs> I said, here, this is yours. <laughs> so. <laughs> so let me let me flip that question around then. If you've had a chance to give yourself advice, not necessarily change anything, but to give yourself one piece of advice to help start all of this, what would that advice be? Mm. Get a mentor um, sooner than later. Yes. Get a mentor. Yes, absolutely. Stop. You know, it's great to, to do it on your own. And, and learning your craft on your own, I think there's immense value in that. Um, but learning business on your own, there's no value in that at all. None. If you can get a, a head up or, or a leg up by, by having a mentor help you avoid the pitfalls of business tax bills before you go into business do you understand tax bills no you don't understand it so it becomes this thing that you're like ah yeah taxes yeah i know we got to pay them don't know what we got to pay i know we got to pay them eventually and then three years later you haven't paid taxes right because you don't know any better so those kinds of pitfalls i would say learn your craft on your own i'm all for that but when it comes to mentorship for you to learn how to run a business, I think you definitely should do that. 
That would be my advice. You agree with that? I do. See, we're in agreement. <laughs> we're going out tonight. <laughs> so that brings us now to the end of the podcast. And typically what I like doing is I like giving the people I'm interviewing a chance to talk a little bit more about anything that they're working on, advertise for their business, or even preach for something that they really believe in. So what would be your last words to the audience? 610, 10-year anniversary. That's right. Yes. So my branch of uh, Stafford Technologies whole 610 Merchant Services, we're celebrating 10 years. And that is all me. I'm taking... <laughs> well, you should, because I did, you know, we started 610 Merchant Services because we did some e-commerce sites and we couldn't stand paying PayPal and all those people. So we actually started offering, offering credit card processing um, so we can do our own e-commerce stuff and small funding for businesses. So if anybody out there is having trouble with e-commerce and needs a solution, call Patty um, and we can take care of that. Yep, and I'll have all of the relevant links to both Staffic Technologies and 610 in the description for everything as well. Yeah, well, uh, thank you. Otherwise, thank you both for your time today. Thank you, Tony. That thank was a lot Tony. of fun. Patty, did you have fun? I did have See, fun. See, you didn't want to be on camera. I don't want to be on camera. <laughs> and she had fun. <laughs> thank you so much, Tony. We appreciate it.